0: What's going on, Americatown? This is Happy Sad Talk Thing. Welcome to it. Here we go. Hooray! Um, My name is the Welcome to the podcast. Sorry it's been a couple weeks since I've put one out. Um, It's been crazy town in my life. Um, I'm on a tour right now, actually. That's the real reason, is I've been getting ready for this tour, and I've been on this tour. Um, I played eight shows in eight days so far, and today's my first day off. And, um, and then I got uh, like f- uh, five, six more shows. I don't know, man. Um, but it's going really well. I'm going to do a longer podcast, specifically about the tour with uh, with my friend Derek, who's been along with me on this whole journey. But he's watching SpongeBob right now, so <laughs> I am uh, I am in Eugene, Oregon, at my friend Jake's house, sitting in his backyard patio area. Um, they have Wi-Fi and outlets outside. This is—it's blowing my mind to be rec- holding a microphone <laughs> and ha- seeing the sun at the same time. This is so strange. Um, but it's the only little area I could find to to do this and not bother anybody because I have friends that are kind enough to let me stay with them, and it's really saving me a lot of money <laughs> on this tour that I would be spending on hotel rooms and stuff. But, <coughs> anyways. This is a great episode I recorded uh, before I left with uh, my friend Rosie Tucker, and um, yeah, it's a great episode. I'm excited to share it with you guys. Um, This is the second podcast we recorded. Um, The first one got lost into the stratosphere, and uh, so yeah, I'm excited to share it with y'all. Um there's a little moment that happens like halfway through where we had to move because we were recording it in my living room and then my roommates came home um or my roommate carter and his girlfriend remy came home uh and i hadn't seen them in a while so we like paused and it was like oh my god how are you i know <laughs> and then rosie and i moved uh to finish the podcast um so yeah i hope you guys enjoy it i hope everybody's doing well um yeah, if you if you want to follow my tour things, I have my Facebook page has been uh, I've been putting some videos up and yeah, lots more to come. I'm uh I'm having fun. I'm uh a little exhausted, but that's all that's all part of it, man. Uh sorry about those little chirps. Someone's got a smoke alarm with a battery not uh being changed or something. Anyways, here's a podcast. Woo. I not know am happy
1: I'm like excited. I'm ready to podcast.
0: You ready to podcast? Yeah, I'm gonna
1: move to this part of the couch,
0: though. You do your thing. Um, this is first Sans headphones podcast
1: so we don't really know
0: we don't this is an experiment this is uncharted territory what's
1: going on this, this feels, feels hilarious <laughs> this feels really weird just be sitting in a living room yeah. With <laughs> a <microphone>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that does feel really silly it's when i have the headphones on this is so weird <laughs>
1: it's strange yeah
0: we could put the headphones on um, but like sometimes when i have the headphones on i'm like i feel like i'm too aware that it's a podcast or something
1: yeah no i think that we can i like think i can adjust to this yeah um it does feel i don't know it feels like we're like doing karaoke or something
0: <laughs> which could at uh, the night is young rosie that's you know that's you true. never know
1: just really really low energy karaoke though
0: yeah have you ever done karaoke like um, at a karaoke place
1: i've never done karaoke I it's haven't. pretty
0: wild yeah i did one at this like private one
1: like in koreatown
0: Yeah, no, not, it was was like Orange County, it was like in Irvine, which Mm. is like the Korean town of Orange County. (laughs)
2: Well,
0: there's this one shopping center that has all of these like different uh, Asian places. I really don't know. There's like a Thai place, Vietnamese place, just like Hmm. this little Asian mall, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's this, I went with my improv team in high school one time.
1: That is such a thing for an improv team in (laughs) high school to do.
0: Yeah, we had our own room, and then they would just, like, play random music videos to whatever, like, song that we were yeah. listening to. So yeah. it would just, like... But they were really well-produced music videos. Like, so for that, the
1: karaoke tracks?
0: Not for the... They would just randomly assign the video to the song, though. Oh. So you'd be, like, singing, like, Don't Stop Me Now by Queen, and yeah. there'd be some crazy, like, guy finding a robot, like...
2: Oh, wow. And then,
0: like, trying to save his daughter, and, like, it was crazy. That's amazing. Yeah, it was pretty wacky. was
1: pretty fun. I don't know. I don't know if I have what it takes to do karaoke.
0: Yeah. I'm not. It's weird being like a person who sings. Yeah. For real. Because you don't want <laughs> to then... go up
1: there and be like, huh? <laughs> You know? But yeah. like, uh, I don't know. There's an L. You have to be down to suck. I feel like that's the yeah. point. And yeah. And <laughs> I'm not good at doing that in front of a lot of other people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was weird. I was at my friend's uh, graduation party the other mm-hmm. night, and like they were, they had like a microphone and like a projector, and so they were just like youtubing karaoke things, and people were just doing karaoke. And they were like, "Oh, Mac, like you should sing a song." Like, yeah. They're like, "Oh, Mackin's a singer, guys. Like he's got." And I just oh, felt, no. I just felt so weird. Like I didn't end up doing it. It just like it feels so weird to go through, be like, "All right, guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna nail this." I'm <laughs> a
1: singer. Yeah.
0: Um, I don't know. I would,
1: sometimes like the program that we're in. Yeah, it feels a little bit like karaoke. Some of oh, the performance yeah. class,
0: some of that pop class stuff definitely yeah. does. <laughs> live band, live
1: band karaoke, a little bit.
0: Yeah, I feel that. Man. Not
1: in a bad way, Chris Sampson. If you're listening, <laughs> only respect.
0: Yeah, I think some people treat it that way. Like you, you can. De- I feel like that's the the like minimal effort route. That's
2: true. You're right. You know,
0: some if you're like trying really to dive in and be like, oh, what's this player all about that I'm trying to emulate right yeah. now? You know, but like minimal effort is just like okay you're basically doing like a youtube cover It's right true now.
2: yeah
1: and some of the most wonderful moments in that class are the moments that make you forget you're in a class and you're just like wow yeah that song yeah you know or that person it's yeah it's true yeah it's
0: true. some of that stuff kicked my butt. it took me a while to like wrap my head around like the concept of that class though oh my God, because i would just like learn the chord changes and be like i'm gonna do my thing yeah you know because i know it's cool
1: i was so afraid yeah. i cried in the band placement really at the very beginning like the oh, first man. day of college where you just meet everyone yeah i tried to sing mama thornton hound dog and then i just started crying halfway through and i did not finish the song
0: oh my god really <laughs> like,
1: i just left the room i was like i can't
0: that's kind <laughs> of like an amazing origin story though <laughs> <laughs> i
1: don't know. It was like i got better at not crying in front of everyone i think yeah <laughs> i'm going go yeah but
0: that's crazy
1: I didn't perform a lot in front of other people before this program. Really?
0: Yeah. That surprises me. You seem like when I saw you at the church, like you seems like you had like you had it going on. I get as t- far as the live told performance that a thing. lot. Yeah.
1: Um, I get told I look very comfortable.
0: Yeah. When you just, I mean, there was like I think the guitar cut out or something or yeah. something weird happened. You just like rolled right with it huh. and like kind of made it awesome as opposed to what would, a lot of people would like kill the momentum or something yeah you know, i don't know it doesn't um, strike me as someone who's like doesn't do a lot of performing i
1: did some i did some performing in middle school yeah but i think that when when i perform um there's a natural feeling that happens if i'm like around a shy person that I like where I just will start talking and I yeah and I just want them to feel good so I'm gonna just point at random things and say my thoughts and talk um and I think that being on stage kind of feels like that it's like here's a really (laughs) shy person that maybe I want to be my friend um and so instead of feeling like I'm performing I think it more feels like so, you know, what did you think about the, hey, how's it been? What's the this? Da, da, da. Yeah. It doesn't really feel like I'm performing as much as I'm being an awkward version of myself <laughs> that is trying to make human connection happen in some capacity.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like you're more, like, do you feel, like, different from who you are on stage? Like, do you, is there a separation there? No. Yeah?
1: No, there's not. And, like, I, um... I try I always like am envious 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 um of artists who seem to have really done a good job of cultivating a separation between right. those things um who have incredible stage uh makeup or a stage yeah. name, or <laughs> smoke machines. Well, not um, even that. I
0: mean, obviously, you know, it's not, I'm not like, oh, do you have a persona or something like that. But some sometimes, I don't know, you see certain people that are activated in a way that they aren't in conversation or something. Or yeah. smoother or something. Or like, I don't know. And that's not from observation. I was just curious if you thought, do you feel like a, you're allowed to be more a certain way when you're on stage versus mm. just like hanging out?
1: Hmm. I mean it's definitely a different situation. So, yeah. I guess I react accordingly. Um to feel like, "Oh, people are looking at me." It's a little bit like I'm just going to try and not yeah. freak out and not go into a shell and just be really like I think that there's like there's fight and there's flight and there's freeze and I don't yeah. think I do those usually. I think that I usually kind of pause in this, like, everything is totally good. Hi. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think of this time when I was a little kid and, like, on Halloween. And um I was with my friend Nikki. And this guy, like, jumped out. And Nikki started screaming and ran away. And I just went, thank you. And I turned and I walked very slowly away. And, like, my whole body was tense. But it was this very, like, Okay. Yeah, and I think that that's like my general fear reaction is just to be like, "All right, yeah." <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: What were you dressed up as?
1: Um, I think I was Princess Leia that year. Heck yeah! Probably, yeah. Nice.
0: There was like seven years in a row where I was Indiana Jones for Halloween <laughs> <laughs> because I would always get some crazy. Like, I was really into like World of Warcraft and yeah. like those types of things. So yeah. I would get some crazy goblin mask and like a very heavy. With like a hat and like a cloak yeah. and like a, and then it would come time for Halloween, and I would like go to school in my Halloween costume, and I'd just be drenched in sweat. Yeah, and so when so it came time to go trick or treating, I was like, leather jacket, cowboy hat, let's do this.
1: It's so easy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> do you feel like you're the type of person like because I can't decide. There's so many times where I feel like, and a lot of it's contextual. When I'm hanging out with people, like how I behave, like oh, am I the type of person that is going to start a conversation like, oh, where are you from? What's the thing? Did you yeah. see that? Like try to kind of fill the silence if there's an awkward thing. Yeah. And I don't, and then, but part of me is just like, so just wants to really just be quiet and not say anything and just be a wallflower. <laughs> I feel know? like
1: you're really good at asking questions though. Like, I feel like that's why you do a podcast.
0: True. But... Like
1: people go, <laughs> uh, I mean, lulls in conversation are really natural and it's really hard to feel, okay with them
0: yeah some of them are natural and some of, i think it's important i think there's power in, in those silences sometimes mm-hmm. and it's sometimes you shouldn't try to like fill all of those gaps but i don't know i mean yeah it's easy when they're you sitting across from like really interesting cool people who i want to know about but mm-hmm. i mean when I'm just like, I don't know, like I was just at dinner. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. I just like didn't want to talk to anybody. Yeah. You know,
1: I think that I, <laughs> I don't know. It's so funny because I feel like sometimes I have this whole perception of myself based on what I'm not sure, but of like desiring of solitude and yeah. like, I love solitude. I'm very interested in what people have to say about solitude. Um, and so sometimes it's easy for me because it's like internally you might be at a party and you're doing fine with the conversation. You're you're being pretty interesting and like people are nice and it's fine. Yeah. But like internally you might be going, I just really want to be alone. Yeah. I really wish I was alone right now. Da-da-da-da-da. And um, so it's it's very hard, I think, to speak to the reality of like, am I it's like I feel like an introvert, but maybe people think I'm just a friendly person fine person right and that's fine
0: (laughs) yeah totally and i don't want i
1: don't (laughs) want anyone to feel like i am not enjoying talking to them that's a thing oh my gosh like last time we were talking about how uh, we were talking about my stage fright yeah and like one of my housemates um I was like, "Yeah, I hate performing." And she was like, "What?" And it was this very like, "What? No! Like, what? I thought you liked it so much." And then I felt like a jerk,
0: right, for being like, "Well, no, <laughs>
1: oh, oh, no." So I don't know. I don't yeah. know what I'm talking about. Do you about not it. like performing? Um, it hasn't been bad lately. Yeah. It used to like my songs. Do you, do you songs. it like a
0: necessary evil or something?
1: Well, yeah, yeah, kind of. I mean, if I'm playing bass um like in gypsum i have the most fun ever you
0: seem like you're having fun and it's awesome
1: i it's so much fun i want to and i want to be like i don't know in high school i used to like just idolize the the punks and like stage antics and like iggy pop rolling around in glass like i'm not there but um eddie vetter climbing the (laughs) the what's it called scaffolding Mm -hmm. scaffolding scaling the scaffolding um (laughs) And so, when I'm behind a bass, I feel like I can kind of tap into some of that, and I want to be, like, climbing on the drum set. And yeah. Like, I don't know. I can tap into the more ADD stuff. Um, <laughs> but when it's my songs, there was a time for, like, all of that, for most of my whole life, there was a long time... Um, It hasn't been as bad lately, but where basically like if I had to play original songs, like in a set, like many of them in a row, it would just be an anxiety bomb on like my week, like The day of, I would be useless. I would just be freaking out the whole day long. I wouldn't be productive at all, Um, crying and upset. And for several days before, I would just feel really, really anxious. And I kept writing no solo gigs on, like, pieces of paper and stuff and putting them on my wall and, like, don't do that. It makes you miserable. Stop doing it.
2: Really? Um,
1: Yes. Oh, man. But uh, I never take my own advice. Like, I keep taking gigs. Yeah.
0: Um, How was that one the other night for you?
1: it was totally great. Mm -hmm. It was fine. I mean, it's fine. Yeah. It was like, there's a little bit of kind of like a teenage embarrassment that I felt, Yeah. which I just feel sometimes where it's like, Oh, what did I just do? But it's, it was like (laughs) less of a, like taking over my whole body kind of feeling and more of a like, okay, well, that's fine. And then people are nice to you and you don't have to like pretend that everyone is lying afterward, uh, you yeah. know, cause it's they so probably hard. mean it.
0: To- definitely. And, but that's the hardest part is when someone does mean it, but then you didn't meet your own expectations in your head. Yeah. And it's really hard to not like qualify their compliments. They're like great job. And you're like, I like, I, but I messed up this one lyric and you don't yeah. understand. Like I mess with so many things. Like, yeah. it's really like hard to just be like, thanks. And then, then just like keep all your self, yes to keep
1: the self things in there and to in that moment when you're feeling them recognize that like this is maybe just a part of the thing yeah. and that's i think maybe what is happening with me is once you figure out what a gaggle of emotions it, that it happens a lot and when yeah. it happens and how it happens i think that you can start to when you get overwhelmed go oh this is that thing it's happening, and yeah. then it, it's, like, the ability to step out of it and to not allow it to overtake your entire worldview is hugely a blessing if you can get to that point. And I feel like with the stage fright thing, I'm, like, just starting to get to that point.
0: Right. Do you, is it something that you want to, like, develop a better relationship with? Like, is there is there something that you're getting out of it that you're like, oh, okay, if I can just get more of that, more of that, like, change the ratio up, or is it something you're just like, I don't know, maybe, like, if it doesn't have to be part of your thing then are you trying to avoid it
1: i don't know it's kind of like it's a similar thing with the like do you need misery to create things like (laughs) do you need anxiety to perform um and i don't want to say that you do i think that people who say you need to be miserable to make art are um looking for excuses to maintain their own misery and they have fears because it has Become a part of their identity and they don't know how to let go of it, Um, and I think that so I it's like it's there. I don't know exactly why it's there. Um, If I could just get up on stage and be like, "Here's my thing," and like not, you know, (laughs) give a fuck, then like, yeah, that would be great. That would be great because I want I I like love writing songs and I am jealous of my songs in a way that I don't really there are a lot of songs that I don't necessarily want to like give to other people that doesn't yeah. give me the most delight about these. And I'm not sure that they would, I'm not sure how suited they would be for other people. Um, and so there's a lot of songs where it's like, well, I got to be the one to play it. Yeah. And so I should probably get my head in a way that maybe I want to play it if for in front of other people. Yeah. Um, I've been thinking about that a lot. I was thinking today about, um, cause I was listening to Milo, the rapper, and like, he talks a lot about being a solipsist, which is the idea that you are the only person who exists. Mm. Um, and like, that's a theme kind of throughout his art making. And I was thinking, or his rapping, and I was thinking about how to make something, you have to go into a place sometimes where other people aren't allowed into, right. um, at least I feel that way and i was thinking about that and about how there's this wonderful thing about listening to a song and i'm so glad this that these songs have been delivered to my ears because it's almost evidence of this like super alone moment yeah it's like somebody took a snapshot of this this moment where they were alone and had a whole like landscape of intellectual i don't know electricity happening yeah and like i get to hear about it but what i'm hearing is like a it's like a shell it's like a skeleton of whatever that thing was that they were experiencing in that inspirational moment where there were literally words coming out and they don't know where they're coming from you know yeah totally
0: um yeah i sometimes i see people like writing songs like on the lawn with their friends i'm like what how in the world (laughs)
1: Like, yeah, yeah. I'm
0: jealous, I'm offended, I don't know how I feel.
1: (laughs) I know, I am trying to get around to the idea of co writing. Um, I can't do it, I'm really afraid of it, but I've been trying more lately. Um, and the way that I think about
0: it,
1: (laughs) I think that you can't have an expectation because I don't know what your writing process is like. For me, it's I like to read about process a lot, there's not really a process beyond like me doing the instrument and then for some reason a song happens or me sitting down and singing stream of consciousness. And then like I do that a bunch and I freak out because there's no song that's coming. And I do that for a few weeks and then one day a whole song comes out or like three quarters of a song comes out and I just go, I have no idea how that happened. Um, but the other stuff is practice. It's like all of the frustrating pieces, including like trying to co-write and not knowing, like all of that is practice for the moment when you are aligned in such a way that melody and harmony and lyric meet and emerge, you yeah. know, fully formed. Um, totally. But you can't predict that.
0: Yeah. It just, feel, co-writing to me just, I feel some, I I don't know that this is true, Mm -hmm. but I think some people think I'm kind of a snob because Mm -hmm. I like, don't really like to co-write with people, Mm -hmm. but it's totally just fear, you know? Mm -hmm. And, (laughs) and I've done some, it's different when you're in a band and you're just like jamming and you're throwing ideas back and forth. But I mean, like when you, you got two acoustic guitars and the mole skins are open, (laughs) you know, it's really intimidating. And, um, I was listening to this, these two, you ever watched the show animals on HBO? No. It's pretty random cartoon. It's pretty amazing. They the premise of the show is that they just have like, like improvisers come in and they have mm-hmm. a basic sketch of a scene, but they just like improvise all the dialogue mm-hmm. and then they animate it. Like so, they're basically, it's basically like kind of like a sketch show. Yeah. Then they animate like all these like crazy like animal situations. Yeah. To what they're it's just pretty fucking great. Cool. But the two uh creators of the show came on this one podcast I listened to called Harmon Town, and they were talking about collaborating and they were Mm. like so much of collaborating is just sitting there silently resenting the other person for not agreeing with everything that you say yes for not (laughs) for not
1: hearing your first idea and going that's brilliant yeah you know which you don't want because the first idea isn't
0: totally well and there's just there's so this is something i've been thinking about a lot recently is there's like so many different kinds of being vulnerable you know Mm. and like going on stage when you have a thing that's already made and then like you know, because you, you can see vulnerable performances all the time where yeah. all the material is already written out. But, and, and so there's that kind of vulnerable, which, like, I'm I'm pretty comfortable with, but, like, generating ideas in front of other people.
2: Yeah. It's not cool to
0: like the white stripes. The white
2: stripes? Well...
0: They get, a lot of, they get a lot of shit. They get
1: a lot of hate. You got to know... I mean, for one thing, I think that Jack White is a megalomaniac. Yeah. Um, Wait, what does that word mean? Um... An asshole. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah.
1: And and, and just like so into his own personality And like for so long I don't know It's one of those things Jack White makes me think about celebrity In a way of like how someone from a distance Can seem like really just the coolest one And then probably (laughs) I think As you circle in on somebody Whose personality is that of Jack White's Maybe it becomes less and less like something That you really want to spend a lot of time around
2: Yeah,
0: I feel Uh, you um,
1: But yeah, I love his music.
0: I don't know. It's unreal. It's weird because I feel like I don't
1: think it gets shit in music school, or maybe it does. All I maybe know. I remember just
0: hanging around with pretentious people.
1: Well, my friend Lauren Brewer, who I lived with in the Pink House, who was she came in the year above me. She graduated with me. Um, is like the hugest white star. I feel like if you're a punk in music school, yeah. like we made we made a zine. Um, that we showed chris samson and uh, the dean of our program for people who don't know um and it made him kind of sad i think because it was called music school sucks sometimes and it was me and lauren and anna arbales and we had a fake punk band called backwards pizza cap um <laughs> and we made this zine just about all of the frustrations and all of yeah. the feelings and
0: <laughs> are, you, are you good are you comfortable by the yeah, way Yeah, i'm
1: super comfortable feels like a
0: sleepover camp situation yeah we changed locations welcome back to the podcast also (laughs) technical difficulties my roommate came home (laughs) But it's weird because like jack white like especially a couple years ago like when his like particularly like when his second solo record came out Mm -hmm. he was getting some bad press
1: (laughs) yeah yeah well i think that i don't know i don't know i don't know
0: I don't know either. I don't really know. I've talked about this at length. With, I've
1: thought about Jack White so much that now I don't know <laughs> if he even exists or not. I know. Or if I have well, thoughts a, about the him. The thing is,
0: like, he's, like, my biggest hero. And, like, if yeah. I met him, I would just, like, just thank him. And I, I owe so much of, like, you know, a lot of my artistry, you know, yeah. to that guy. Yeah. But I also have, I have some complaints.
1: <laughs> I know. That's the thing. You can't really, and it's, like, in my, like, youthful teenage Fantasies about meeting him is always like like someone that I really 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 want to meet, but also want to (laughs) change.
0: Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I'm in love with you, but only if you'll be different. Yeah, just if you'll smile, if you'll just take it easy.
2: (laughs) I know. (laughs) You're so grumpy
0: and tense. I hope you. (laughs) Doesn't seem like he chills. Yeah, I hope he like has some buzz that he plays like mini golf with or something (laughs) like. Seems like a very intense guy. <laughs> yeah,
1: it does. It seems like he has to dress up for all of the things. Well, he's, and... he's
0: clearly like super into aesthetics, you know, yes. and that's respectable, and that's that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um,
1: Do you think that he peaked with the White Stripes?
0: I have a lot of thoughts on Jack White, so <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> if we're if we're going down. I'm I love it. I'm down. I, in certain ways, that was the height of his like. For me, his writing was at his, mm. at the best with the White Stripes, mm-hmm. and it, because he, it's it retained this this purity, you know, that this childishness, this uh, this uh, yeah, this sense of levity, you know, and um, but I don't know if musically he was at his peak there hmm. because I I mean I never saw the White Stripes, but talked to some people that had seen the White Stripes and were a little bit let down, you yeah. know. Um, yeah,
1: I watched the, what is the concert film? Great White Northern Lights. Under the Great White Northern Lights. Yeah. yeah. I watched that and What'd you I was think pretty let down. Um, I guess, when did that come out? I was probably 15. I don't know. Yeah, it's like but 2008,
0: um, 2007.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to do the math right now. <laughs> um, how old am I? Um, but I I liked it. I thought that sometimes he was a little bit of a jerk. Like he would come on stage and he, at one point, he comes on stage and he plays one note and then he leaves. Yeah. Like to have said that he played in that town or whatever. Right. Um, the
0: one note show.
1: Yeah. And then there's a whole scene where Meg White is crying and I'm fascinated yeah, when he's by White Meg Moon White
0: on the piano. Yes. I'm fascinated by Meg White. Yes. Yeah. Right?
1: She's an enigma.
0: She's an enigma. And I think her role is super underappreciated in that yes, band because she true. really tempers him, you know? She
1: does. She's this like very peaceful force yeah from behind the i would kit. love
0: to talk to her i'm like d- did she hate being in that band
1: <laughs> i wonder that all the time if she was just so upset that she had to be there was she
0: just like a like just did he tell her exactly what to do like i, I just wonder, I wonder what if that she's relationship very controlling. was controlling like. yeah it seems like it would, or 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 was she kind of not into it was she just kind of okay. going along with his thing or was she really invested in it and just like kind of aloof and maybe just not super talkative in interviews like
1: You should have her on your podcast I want to talk to Meg
0: White Meg White if you're listening (laughs) I just want to talk to you so much I look up to you I admire you Um, (laughs) I took I I know You know Aron. Yes He loves Meg White so much Really? Yeah
2: The coolest thing. Because I'm like
0: not a good drummer. <laughs> and I like took a drum class with him, and he's like, You are like Meg White. Oh <laughs> like, my
2: god. He's
0: like, She can't play very well, but <laughs> I'm doing a horrible accent, but he's like, She has great energy. Yeah, <laughs> so that she was does. His...
1: That's so sweet that her own loves her.
0: Yeah, it's it is great. It makes me feel good. That That's awesome. Someone very music oh, school. That makes
1: it. me feel so yeah. good. But,
0: anyways, I feel like music because I saw him on his solo tours. Mm-hmm. Um
1: did, did you see the band with all the women?
0: I did. Oh
2: hell. But that was only
0: on his first record Second record he just did the one band Um, But it was Mm -hmm. that See like Ideas like that Like he's clearly someone who Wants to keep himself inspired And does cool interesting things And Mm -hmm. is clearly doing what he wants to do And that's like liberating And exciting and thrilling And and doing something like Me and my friend had back to back tickets At the Wiltern you know And we saw completely different shows Because he saw the guys And I saw the girls And like Yeah And because he got to play anything From his entire catalog He was like activated in a way you know that i feel like he maybe hadn't been in a while you know and like because he had like all these musicians and he could play any instrument he wants like i feel like he was just like having a blast and that was really palpable you Mm -hmm. know and like on the second tour like it was a little more refined he just had like a tighter band and like it was just cool to hear like white stripe songs with like seven really dope musicians (laughs) that is really
1: cool (laughs) that's very interesting you know but
0: he seemed a little grumpier he seemed like he had more of a scowl on his face, you know? Yeah. Like, I wish you would have smiled and, and sang, like, a Loretta Lynn song or something. Oh, my God.
2: <laughs>
1: I love that song. Um, that I didn't know the song Jolene before I was a White Stripes fan. Really? When I was 15. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was obsessed with that song. And I was obsessed. I love that he didn't... Um, Change the gender yes! on the songs oh you sing.
0: Uh, well, no, seriously, I'm. Sick I've had that conversation with so many in people in YouTube
1: videos and stuff. Oh where it's like, you
0: I know, was doing a gig with somebody the other day. I, the, she will not be named, but she was like, "Yeah, I'm going to change all the genders uh, in these love songs, like from like girl to guy, because you know." And I was just like, inside, I was just like, <laughs> "Fuck no!" Like, what the fuck are you doing? Because I can't relate to anything unless God, yeah and it's just like that that <laughs> that white stripe because it's not ironic in the slightest no, it's no. so genuine and he's just like jolene please don't take my man and it's like oh and it's amazing like yeah. i think at, at that that cover of that like when there's a black and white video of them doing it and it's like just heart-wrenching you know it is
1: heart-wrenching and, it's and so you believe immediate. it yeah yeah yes yeah.
0: Wow, I'm, Hell yeah. I'm ne- that's amazing that you said that. <laughs>
1: no, that was so important to me when I was fifteen. Like, yeah, hearing that from Jack White, and then, I, yeah, I didn't know it. Was a, I probably thought it was a White stripe song when I first heard it. Um, I think it's a Dolly Parton. I, it song. is a Dolly Parton song. Yeah, she it's wrote true. that song
0: and "I Will Always Love You" in the same night. What, according to legend?
1: That can't be real. <laughs> <laughs> Dolly Parton seems like maybe she is an interesting woman who I don't like. I know she has a theme park. What? Yeah, Do- Dolly Land, Dollywood, Dolly Land or Dollywood?
0: I know nothing about. I think Dolly it's Dollywood.
1: I think it's in Texas. Um, yeah, yeah, she's done some stuff. I don't know.
0: Do you think Jack White peaked in the white stripes?
1: Um, my love for Jack White peaked in the white stripes. Oh. Uh, My fear
0: is that he's listening And he's like Mackinac's is gonna be a friend But then I heard you talking shit on He's your like podcast. the most <laughs>
1: abrasive person He's not someone you can make <laughs> friends with By liking him
0: That's Wow yeah that's super <laughs> true
1: <laughs> um,
0: Oh Here I am
1: So yeah I think the way to go is just to, We should just insult him a little bit more
0: Yeah I just I just know that like <sighs> There's just some There's a I don't know I just I want him to be happy
1: Yeah <laughs> No I want him to be happy too but maybe he doesn't want to be happy.
0: That's true. I don't know. I don't know. I think like all the stuff that he does with their Van Records is really cool, and like that
1: shit is cool, dude. Yeah, running a record label is dope. It's the way that he does it is really interesting. As it's well.
0: really interesting, you know, yeah. and I, it's just it's inspiring, you know. It, yeah, th- that would be so because I feel like he brings a lot of cool people together you know and yeah. like has a lot of so he'll have like you know super dope local acts but then he'll also have like pearl jam yeah <laughs> or like alabama true. shakes you know and um or like courtney barnett like just did like a single or like tom jones
1: she did <laughs> didn't she yeah
0: i haven't i haven't listened to it but do like do you know
1: what song it was
0: i'm not sure i, I think it was a new one either huh i'm embarrassed that i haven't listened that's to it.
1: okay <laughs> i love that woman
0: yeah, she's, oh, she's unreal. I want to
1: be her when I grow up.
0: Me too. But it's honestly, too late. It's too late. already her. Yeah, I'm excited that people like her are, are being like as celebrated as she's being right now, though.
1: Yeah, except I was really annoyed the other day. I read something that referred to Courtney Barnett as slacker rock. Mm. And I was like, it is so apparent to me that she tries so hard yeah. to make this music <laughs> happen.
0: <laughs> what is slacker rock to you?
1: I don't, well, I guess that... Like in, Mac DeMarco? I think he definitely qualifies as slacker rock. Yeah. Yeah. In this article, they were just trying to make it out to be like, it's a relatable person in a t-shirt, which is funny because that seems like that's what rock music...
0: (laughs) And folk music. And folk music and, (laughs) like, a lot
1: of music has been for the whole time. Um, So, yeah, I guess I think that probably... What they pull from with Courtney Barnett is it's almost it's almost like if you're successful enough at writing a song, people totally miss things like they think like, oh, she's singing about mowing the lawn or not mowing the lawn and how the lawn is full of stuff. And like like singing about the ways that she doesn't necessarily live up to these like, I don't know, ways of being an adult or something yeah. Like she sings about these very very extremely relatable frustrations In a really interesting way yeah. um, and it's kind of
0: like quiet existential crises Super you know?
2: <laughs>
1: quiet existentialism Yes that's what Courtney Barnett does really well I think And I think that sometimes it can be easy for a person to it, I guess what I'm trying to say is if your poetry is effective enough Sometimes people get so bowled over by the message that they're hit with because Mm. it's so good that they miss the fact that you were talking about the grass and not about your existential crisis. Right. You know? Yeah. And I think that I forget that a lot, how... And I think that that's why people end up in cliches as well when they try and write is because they think, oh, this person, this song, I really loved it because it's about when you are feeling really alone from your partner or from whatever. And so like, I'm going to write a song about being really alone instead of like, I'm going to write a song about like the, the water stains on my ceiling. Yeah. And like the second one d- is much less assuming in terms of meaning and like greater overarching right. truths but um when you add all of those details up from your little sad sack life that you've been <laughs> dealt then suddenly you might have something that's really really beautiful and compelling.
0: Yeah, I feel you. And sometimes it is the fucking details. You know what I'm saying like sometimes all the
2: time. D- yeah,
0: well sometimes it's the details are like a vehicle to get to some mm. higher truth but sometimes mm-hmm. it's like the water stains on my ceiling.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Like
0: sometimes it is the just the thing itself, you know?
1: I feel like for me, a lot of writing, I always end up starting and when I'm really frustrated, it's because I want to make a thing that means something. Yeah. And it's like when I'm actually creating stuff, it's I get really distracted by details and I'm not asking what they mean. Right. And it's not until later that I can look at a thing and go, oh, that makes sense. This is a song about what everything I was going through at the time.
0: Yeah. And I don't think that that that's like just retroact, like revisionist connecting the dots like, oh, that could mean something, I guess, like throwing paint at the wall and being like, oh, it looks like a fish. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I think that like your subconscious is a lot more powerful than people normally give credit to, you know, and like you were saying earlier, like just kind of stream of consciousness, just like kind of mumble to yourself until something comes out. That doesn't mean that what comes out isn't totally, incredibly informed by what's happening yes. in your mind just because you didn't like consciously be like, I feel betrayed. I'm going to write a song about betrayal. You I know? need a metaphor. I need a metaphor. What's a good metaphor for betrayal? <laughs> what about a knife yeah. in my back? Perfect. Yeah, and just be, you know, if you are if you have an acoustic guitar and you're just like, uh, Talking about cabbage in it. You're like, I don't yeah. know what that means right now, but then yes. you, you let that come out enough, and, and you're like, wait, cabbage, and I'm talking about, I'm talking about, ca- you know, I was not a real example. but No, that
1: was a great example.
0: <laughs> I'm talking about cabbage. Yeah. But th- that can that can be something that's extremely relevant and extremely real, even though you're not. Consciously leading yourself there And that your subconscious Can be like a, Take you to like A lot cooler places If you just like Let it take the reins You know I think
1: it does Yeah It's very Creating stuff is so mysterious To me So weird <laughs> I have no idea How it happens I know <laughs> I keep doing it And I know I want to keep doing it And I think that on some level I must enjoy it Because Yeah I, I want to keep doing it Um <laughs> But I enjoy the, like, the moments of inspiration Like that's the coolest thing in the whole world When you're like stuff yeah. is coming out I'm putting it on paper yeah. It's sounding like a thing The clouds have parted um, Yeah exactly yeah. That, And that's the most mysterious and wonderful thing in the whole world And I don't know how you get there And I feel like it's like I spend all of this time in my life Thinking that I can get there Via you know walking Or on a <laughs> plane Or like I can be transported there And then it's like in actuality It's yeah. only somewhere you can teleport to Mm. And you don't have the means of teleporting. You just randomly yeah. teleport for no reason.
0: I feel like that is super true. I also feel like sometimes you're a lot closer than you think you are, though. Mm. And you can you can kind of just, like, brush the dirt off. And then you're like, wait a minute. I'm, there's the teleport machine. It was just yeah. a little bit buried, you know. That's true. And then occasionally, like, a routine or, a, like, the smallest bit of muscle will, like, Reveal that you're actually there, hmm. rather than just like waiting for lightning to strike. Sometimes, yeah, you know. Cool. Um,
2: I
1: want that. <laughs> I want it. I'm not good at routines. I think I'm not good at waking up at a designated time. Yeah. I don't know. I'm you not said you're good not at a, putting a things in my calendar.
0: I am
2: really
1: not a morning person. Yeah. I naturally like if I wake up at eleven, I'm like, yeah, that's right. i don't know how i did high school
0: yeah right
1: i don't know i still don't know
0: class i used to have class at seven in high school and i if i had an 8 a.m like these last two years it was the death of me yeah you know class at nine was like
1: the whole schedule like going to school for like however many like five hours six hours (laughs) bless you um and then like I would go and play like four or five hours of field hockey, and then I would go home and do homework for like four hours. Like, I don't understand. I don't. Yeah. I would, I don't know who that person is. I feel My bad so, for when her. When I was
0: sixteen years old, I was the busiest person. Yeah, I don't understand how I was alive, and I was also. Oh, I don't even want to like list all the things, but it was no just list.
1: Quick. I want your high school resume. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear. Let it. me
0: just really subtly just humble brag about uh-huh. all the things. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> But I was just crazy. I was just I was just wrecking myself, you yeah. know. Yes. And then being like, "Why am I so miserable?" Yes. It's <laughs> like, "Oh, like I I no time for myself. <laughs> oh, That's exactly. why." You know. And just like, I don't know. Everything else was a priority except for my mental health. I didn't even know that that should be a priority. I didn't know that was a thing. I was yeah. like, "Oh, I guess I'm just sad all the time." Anyways, <laughs> onto the nine million things I have to do.
1: <laughs> well, and I wonder. I don't really know how many people from my high school I know that weren't doing things all yeah. of the time
0: especially the high school culture we grew up in where it's, very, it's like you got to join this club you got to put this on your resume you got to have this thing you got to extra service admissions hours blah, 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 blah. thing <sighs>
1: is really amazing and interesting because i think because it's portrayed as this like or college in general college admissions is like so you go to high school so you weird. apply to colleges you do a good job you get into a good school yeah and it's like it doesn't factor in at all the entire culture and also industry That surrounds, like, preparing teenagers and sculpting them and, like, college prep classes and AP classes and how many APs did you take and which clubs were you the president of and, like, outside tutoring. Like, all of the shit. Test practice. Test practice. Fucking test practice. Like, I was, when I took the ACT, I took it one time. I didn't take any test practice. Um, Fuck yeah. And it was fine. But uh, there was a girl next to me. So I guess that we were probably like 17 or 16 yeah. when those tests were. And she was like, "Yeah, I've been in test prep since I was 12."
2: And I was like, "What? Whoa! <laughs> That's fucked." It's <laughs> like, "What?" That's fucked. <laughs>
1: How are you supposed to compete? And that's so, and it's also
0: incredibly arbitrary, like an incredibly arbitrary set of skills.
1: (laughs) It is. Test taking is a skill. Standardized test taking is a skill. And that's not factored into the fact of standardized tests.
0: Yeah. It's just what, like, I I did a little bit of test prep, but Mm -hmm. I, and I definitely came from like a culture where that was like the thing, you know, but I spent so many Saturday mornings in just a room, just like, yeah. Filling circles on a thing. And like, when
1: I say that I didn't test prep, I mean it in the way of I didn't take a course, but also my whole entire education leading up to that no, test was yeah, test prep, you know? Totally. So
0: no, it was, just, it was fu- like it was just fucked. Like I, I should have been like being sixteen, you know, or seventeen know. or whatever. I don't know. It just I was it's I, a scary... I I recognize the value in that stuff and I'm not just like, man, education is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> but like that's not education. <laughs> You know, yeah, it's weird. It's a weird time, I but just the, the just the just breeding into young people that it's like you shouldn't live for yourself. Like you should fulfill these like expectations of you in yes. order to get to a place where you'll be able to start living. Like you know, yes. like do, like don't do things for yourself yet. You gotta kind of do these things, and like obviously there are certain like social obligations and responsibilities that people mm-hmm. have, but like just. I don't know, trying to build a resume to yeah. impress, like, mystery people so you can go to this, like, thing that you think is going to give you what you want. It's just, it's weird. It's a, a lot of weird pressure that makes no sense. And, and I think it's slightly reasons. shifting, I want to hmm. say, that the model is shifting of, like, oh, tell me about all these clubs and things that you went to and, like, whatever. Who knows? Well, but- I think
1: it depends on whether or not that actually is a, is a signal of a skill set that is going to be useful and i think that yeah. <laughs> we we live in a very rapidly changing world i think um and i don't know where it's going i'm thinking about like silicon valley i'm thinking about like how google if they want you they find you and it doesn't matter what your skill set yeah. is and then like i know someone who like interviewed there and it was all riddles like it's very i don't know mysterious um
0: and like frightening
1: but, yeah, it's sort of like, is it helpful to have a resume that's built out like that? For some people, yeah. And I I guess it's just a question of, like, do those jobs still exist where there's a set track where you yeah. say, I, I don't know. I don't know how any of this works. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I feel the
0: same way. We also really don't live in that world as much. No,
1: we really don't. So we're talking about it. But I don't know if either of us knows enough. Yeah. To be making statements about it.
0: Hey, who gives a fuck?
1: I'm in a fetal position listeners.
0: How you doing, Rosie? I'm fine. I'm fine.
1: Yeah, I'm good. Um I wish we had a button that was full of prompts and you could press it. And then there would be a new prompt.
0: Oh, you mean for this podcast? Yeah. Oh, I can give you a prompt. Oh, cool. Tell me about tell me about your paper.
1: Oh, my paper. Oh, man. Someone asked me about my paper today, and my brain turned to yeah. mush, and I was completely incapable of talking about it. Um,
0: I'm just trying to look cool over here and find a cool lying down position. You're
1: looking super cool. Yeah. Um, Thanks. How's this? That's great. A little Pretty acrobatic. Cool. Yeah. Um, my paper, I wrote a big old paper about... By
0: the way, I'm the prompt button. If you just say prompt, I'll, just, I'll oh, fire really? one off. Yeah. So, but I do want to hear about your paper, oh, but I just wanted to, let I just you know. want to yell prompt now,
1: but I won't, <laughs> um, maybe if I start really stalling in this, in this piece of the conversation, but anyway, I wrote a paper. I, so I did a bunch of research. I wrote a paper. I'm just going to talk about the paper.
0: I would, I'm genuinely curious about oh! it.
1: I wrote a paper called gender and it was about gender in higher education, audio technology classrooms. Yeah. Um, sort of trying to assess basically what it came out of the first the the catalyst for wanting to learn more about this was I started let's go back junior year I lived at the pink house yeah. I wanted to throw a party for all the girls in the music industry cuz I wanted to meet them yes. where are they at USC or wherever who are they um didn't happen at the pink house but uh during my senior year second semester um or right before second semester started a club with Anna arbales and Allegra Rosenberg.
0: The Muse thing?
1: Yeah, Muse. Yeah. So started Muse, first meeting. Um we divided into groups, like who's into tech type stuff, who's into music business PR type stuff, who's into like making songs. So I took all the song people aside and we were talking and I you know, talking about how do you write and da 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 and I said, okay, like who here produces or like uses programs? And they're, you know, a couple of hands Not, you know And then somebody said, you know, I have the program on my computer And I don't open it I don't use it And someone else said, I'm the same way I'm intimidated by it And I was like, that's strange to me Because I also have felt that Like yeah. intimidated by the program I'm like, where does this come from? Why does this happen? So um, was this
0: what inspired the Ableton workshop with Katie Gavin?
1: Yes, it is Fuck yeah It is, we started holding We also did a live sound workshop With Anna Arbelos and Deanna Romo um, Sweet and that was dope as well yeah um so i just started asking questions and i went and i talked to chris sampson about it and he said oh yeah we did a music production program and the first you know round of that the first semester we had zero female applicants and the second semester we had one and this is a girl that they had known for a long time and had sort of like you know recruited for the program yeah um And so I began to wonder why there are no women in music production. When I know women who use these programs, and I know women who are producers, and I know women who make music, who are creative. And my thinking is, it comes mostly from a creative standpoint, though ultimately the vision of the paper had a lot more to do with... um, being an audio engineer and sort of different ways of utilizing the technology as well as creatively utilizing it for making songs um but my thinking was this is essentially an instrument i can sit down with a midi controller and i can just make sounds and then sing into it and express myself through sound which is like i already know girls that are doing this um so i started doing research i did a survey that had like 113 respondents and people talked all about their experiences in the classroom and the things that intimidated them and why they had never tried to use a program before and um that was very interesting i talked to a whole bunch of professors about this about how girls act in the classroom Um, and you know, whether there are any clubs on campus for girls, like whether there's any kind of support system for them or anything like that. And then I also did a review. I looked at a whole bunch of colleges, like 16, a whole bunch, um, that have recording arts or music technology or music production programs. And I did an analysis of, of gender of professors, Basically, are there any... And, like, tons of them, most of them had no female professors. Some of them had one. Um, NYU has the coolest program ever. They have, like, seven female professors. And they all were, like, on point, paying attention. Like, they have a program for middle school girls to get into sound and technology and stuff. Um, Just really cool people over in NYU Steinhardt. But, yeah. So, that was it. I just did a ton of research about this. And, um i learned one interesting thing was almost all professors said that girls tend to they're in the minority in the classroom and they tend to outperform everyone but they don't raise their hands or ask questions or go to office hours Mm -hmm. that was like a pretty universal response among these professors that i interviewed um which is pretty much in line with stuff that i've read about women kind of having a fear of failing in front of other people and so they perfect skills in secret which is what I did for much of my music learning it was like I don't want to let other people know I'm not good at this so right. I'm gonna do it in my bedroom alone yeah um
0: what do you make of that like phenomenon
1: I just think that it is a fear well I think that if you're a girl using music technology um or just a girl playing. Music sometimes in general, it's not as bad in some parts of the discipline and, uh, but it is pretty common to have someone really question why you're there or whether or not you play the instrument that you're carrying or whether you're carrying it for your boyfriend, like, like very, uh, like very normal things to have happen. Um, and to have the assumption be that you're a singer, um, yeah which is, you know, it's like singing is just as much an instrument. But um so I think that there's kind of this like I was reading, uh, I don't remember her name, about this lady engineer who's saying that she's become used to giving a really extraordinarily over technical explanation for everything she's doing in the studio because she'll just have someone at every step go what are you why are you doing that? What right. are you doing? What are you planning to do? And generally that's not How a lot of people learn music technology A lot of people learn music technology By being the person in their group of music makers That wants to noodle around in the program first If you're in a band, you're like, I'll record us I don't know how to do it, but I'll do it Um, There's so much of this stuff that is about trial and error And about having your whole session disappear And going, oh my god, what happened? Or having something not work and having to ask There's so much of it that requires failing Yeah And girls i think at least partly because either they've experienced or they expect to experience having people question their authority on these things at every point um they don't want to be perceived as a person who's failing right. or they are so prepared to be expected to fail that they go i have to go and learn this really well completely by myself yeah. before i'm gonna let anyone know that i do it at all um, right. Which really doesn't enable the quickest kind of learning. The quickest kind of learning is to be in an environment, especially a scholastic environment where yeah. you can fuck up repeatedly in front totally. of other people yeah, and not have somebody Absolutely. say, you know what, you and all of the people that share this trait of yours of this gender yeah. probably shouldn't do this anymore. Like that fear, and that's the extreme, you know, version of yeah. that. But a
0: safe place to fail—that's just like that's just like a to, like the, to me like the best distillation of like what music school should be. Yes, you know?
1: absolutely. And so I thought a lot about different ways of creating safe places to fail. Yeah. Um, one thing is having female instructors or role models is really important because then when failure happens, you go, well, but somebody persisted. Yeah. There's someone right there who persisted and continued to do this. So like maybe I can do that. Yeah, It's not directly like, okay, that's it. Which um male instructors can also be really helpful about this. They can yeah. if they are particularly paying attention in the class. If they notice a girl isn't talking or notice that she's doing really well at it. If they're willing to call on her, if they're willing to include her, um, but so part of part one thing. OK, one thing in a lot of these studies, especially there's most of the studies are about. Uh, secondary or primary education, yeah. um, you'll see this trend where especially male professors, but also female professors, teachers will um, congratulate people for knowledge gained outside the classroom. Yeah, especially with boy- it tends to be boys because boys tend to be the ones who have already had the experience with these things so they'll come in and they'll receive you know a good job in class for knowing stuff that these other kids haven't had a chance to learn um and that's how people start to go maybe i'm not meant for this because this kid he just seems to pick it up and the concept of like naturally doing it is another thing i think um because it in some ways can compel boys to feel like it's something they have to know if they're supposed to be natural at it then they better figure it out they better be good at it they better at least be confident at it um and so that also creates this reinforcing dynamic in the classroom of people going no i'm really good at this like i'm great at mixing (laughs) i don't really hear a lot of girls like bragging on their skill sets right ever like ever about anything um even people who do music technology for a job that I yeah. know it's like, they're still not going to be like, I'm great at mixing, but I've heard guys do it. Um,
2: yeah.
1: so more female professors really cool and important. Very yeah. helpful. um, Trying to create a classroom dynamic that is inclusive, that says, hey, this person's not talking. Any person, regardless of gender, that person's not talking. I'm going to ask them a question. I'm going to include them. I'm going to make sure that it's okay if they don't know the answer. Yeah. Kind of be the pillow and the try and control the environment in that way. Um, outside clubs, I think, is really important because... So much of this knowledge is passed from musician to musician, producer to producer, audio technologist to audio technologist. Yeah. um, As opposed to in the classroom. And there has to be a way of replicating social situations or creating, you know, creating organically social situations wherein girls can meet other girls who they can have relationships with, where there can be sharing of information outside of class. Right. I think clubs is a good way to do that. Um, totally, Muse has had great success with that. Yeah, um that's so true.
0: Ch- because I, I took yeah. a Pro Tools class first semester, mm-hmm. and I didn't learn anything about Pro Tools until this. La- I started this podcast, and started fucking using it. Yeah, <laughs> you know yes. what I'm saying. And so, so much of it happens. Like, and then I would like you know watch like Brian Jones run a session or Alex pacino or yes. Andy Inadomi. And like, oh, what's that quick key? You know what I'm saying? And that's totally so exactly I'm with you.
1: So yeah, it's um. The wonderful thing about this about all of this research is it seems like the solutions are really really simple. It's mostly about paying attention and a lot of the times I think um people don't even think like why are there no females in this classroom? Because you don't know to look for something that's not there. Yeah. Or if there's one girl, no one necess- and and there's only one girl, She's not necessarily going to be like, hey, professor, you just made a really sexist remark about me doing audio technology like she's not going to. That would be so awkward and weird and horrible. And well, maybe she'll do that if she's like a really badass woman. But like, (laughs) I would probably not do that. Yeah. Um, And so the solutions are really, really simple. And a lot of it just requires realizing that it is it is a problem. And deciding that you're going to take some shifts in attitude toward remedying it. Yeah. Um, And go like if there are if you're trying to hire a professor and you've got two people that are equally matched in terms of their skill sets and they're they both seem really qualified for the job. And one of them is a female and you've never had a female professor before. Maybe take a chance on the female and then totally. hire another one. You know? I
0: don't know. Yeah. Yeah do you feel like there's anything just from the male student perspective? Mm-hmm. Cause that's where I'm coming from. And mm-hmm. like maybe some people listening to this, do you feel like there are things that we're unaware of that we're doing that maybe like contribute to like this separation or,
1: um, I think that internally I, I can't, I don't, I don't know what the male student experiences. I right. can only speak
0: to, but do you feel like there's like, there's, there's, yeah, there's that there, there are things that are happening that are, keeping progress from happening unconsciously like unawarely because i don't think anyone would openly be like yeah like let's let's keep the girls from learning (laughs) (laughs) yeah um and if you that's a separate issue that probably can't be helped with this podcast (laughs) but like do you feel like they're i don't know
1: i think that um part of it is willingness to be friends with people and To if you have a friend that is a girl who is trying to do music tech stuff, trying to noodle around in logic, asking her about how it's going, asking if she's frustrated about it, making yourself available to talk about Pro Tools things. I guess just being yeah. not an asshole about having more knowledge is big. Yeah. Um, yeah. One thing that and I. In
0: reverse, not being able to admit, like, also being able to admit, like, hey, Katie Gavin knows way more about Ableton than I do. Dude, this
1: is so <laughs> huge. I had a friend recently who was talking about, she had a mixing project and she was in a group with three dudes and, um, They like never, it was like a group project and they just didn't meet and didn't meet and didn't meet. And eventually she did her own mix that she turned in and then like the group tried to do a mix. And she was like flabbergasted because she's like, This guy, like they finally did this mix and like he kept saying, No, this is great. This is great. And it sounded like shit. And she was like, I don't understand how you, and I feel like I've encountered that a, a good number of times from guys that are willing to go, My stuff is great. My stuff is just great. This yeah. mix I just did it is the bomb um, yeah. even if they don't necessarily have the the skills behind it and I don't. I don't exactly know if there's a solution there. I think part of it is just to be a humble person yeah. and to not assume that you know more than other people and to th- to go into situations that you might not expect to learn from and think maybe you'll learn from things, something from it. Totally. I mean... Absolutely. You're not necessarily the boy that would be the problem, but... I think just thanks, uh, Rosie Tucker, oh uh, yeah,
0: no, but I think like um,
1: like the studio guy that's like making his <laughs> identity being the studio guy, like he's I think maybe the one who doesn't. And part of it is, like, not expecting to meet a woman in that position. Yeah. And then treating her like an anomaly when she shows up. Oh,
0: right.
1: you do this? Like, yeah. you do
0: this stuff? Pretty good for a chick. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> just the, like, yeah. wow, like, that's crazy. Or even if you're like, she's better. Like, wow, that's so crazy. She's a girl and yeah. she's better than me. Like,
0: totally. Just... Yeah absolutely stop and the reason i ask is not like oh will you like congratulate me on how open-minded i am i do (laughs) not
1: perceive it as that but
0: i just because like with all of this prejudice stuff sexism racism Mm -hmm. homophobia like Mm -hmm. transphobia islamophobia it Mm -hmm. all comes down to like lack of communication you know and there's so many ways like i didn't even realize you know that i was like a little racist until i moved to la and just like was around a lot more black people. Yeah. (laughs) You know? You can't know what
1: no one has ever talked about. And I think that we are kind of the products of a generation that is... (sighs) My parents were really, really proud that they had, like, not talked about race to us.
2: Yeah, totally.
1: And, um now we're starting to realize that not talking about something doesn't make it not a factor in the world that we live in.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: and so, yeah, I think that the the learning, m- much of the learning is about shutting up and paying attention. I yeah. think in all of these areas and, and in areas where you think you have some knowledge, like, I'm definitely not a racist because I don't want to be because I want to <laughs> be a good person. Yeah. And exactly but then uh, and but
0: that's not enough like ideologically like uh, disagreeing with racism is not like enough to solve racism you and know because i know plenty of people feminism. that are yeah exactly and this is a weird metaphor and i'm not saying like killing animals is cool but <laughs> <laughs> hold stick with me it's just the, the idea of like not talking about something and thinking it's enough and like it's, it's a really natural human inclination. Mm-hmm. I was on the, I'm going to talk about the animal killing thing and connect that dot really quickly. Yeah, I'm really curious. <laughs> I was on the beach today. Okay. Not a place I go uh, very much ever.
1: You're very pink.
0: I'm so pink today. I had the <laughs> sleeves. It was hard. I'm, just, I'm a lobster today. Um, I'm on the beach. There's a bee. It's trying to sting me, you mm-hmm. know. I bury the bee, you mm-hmm. know. And I'm like, bee problem? Soft. <laughs> you know yeah and then the bee fucking digs through the thing and now he's angry now it's worse you know <laughs> anyways pretty lame metaphor uh-huh. and I'm, i shouldn't have buried the bee that was a fear animals are great not that's saying fine. you should kill bees But just like a natural reaction of me to be like Oh I can't see it anymore <sighs> I can stop worrying about not that bee an issue. Not an issue You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying When I realize it, it's like Just because it's dormant It's still a, it's, it's That bee was still alive. Also save the bees Also save the bees Wait that's like That's a real issue that you're You're actually like Yeah And I'm not saying that sarcastically Like no. yes, yeah, save the bees And like we shouldn't kill animals But like specifically bees Yeah that's save a problem. the bees man Yeah Wait was I talking to you about that the other day? Maybe there was someone probably. that I was that was, was like probably. very heated about the bees. Oh, uh, I don't
1: know how heated I was. <laughs> I want to keep bees someday.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm so I'm the yeah. That's probably what it was. I'm incredibly pink, and now I'm very self conscious about oh, it. Oh
1: no! Well, I'm really not thinking about it.
0: <laughs> well, now here we are talking I was also about in the sun today. Yeah. What yeah. brought you to the sun?
1: Um, I wanted to take a walk. I want to exercise sometimes. Yeah. because um, I want to live in this body for a while. Um, so I decided to try and do that. I just got new running shoes and I was trying, Woo. I was looking for it, not to totally derail our potentially extraordinarily fruitful conversation about institutions of oppression. Hey, um, all
0: about that, but I'm also all about talking about sunburns. That's so, what the podcast is about.
1: I took a wonderful, there's this like trail kind of near my house. Um, yeah. and I was looking for a giant bird nest, human sized, human built bird nest that i found when i was 17 and i couldn't find it and i was really upset about it because it was this like very extraordinary i was just randomly on this trail one time and then I, like, I would always go off the trail to just and um when i was like 17 i was doing one of these meanderings and i came upon this like it's like 15 feet across like five foot high made of huge tree branches interwoven this whole bird's nest with a little entrance and you went in and there were a couple seats and like i don't know i don't know maybe a homeless person who had been living back there um just decided to build a giant bird nest, but it was this incredible. It was this
0: amazing, yeah,
1: this incredible structure. Um, but I didn't find just it.
0: Like some very ambitious engineer-minded stoners that were like, "Let's make a, an <laughs> yeah. amazing place."
1: Over many days, maybe. Um, I found kind of a similar wood structure today, but it wasn't nearly as cool as the bird's nest. Um, so yeah, I was in the sun. I took a really long walk. Uh, it was beautiful. Everything was silver and gold because the sage brush, um, dries to this like just silver color. And then there's all of these short little like grasses that dry to this gold color. And so it's like that and oak trees and just this like extraordinarily blue sky, um, and I walked a really long way, and there, this all used to be ranching land. So I found this like really old cattle trough that someone had written a poem on, um, and that's when I knew my walk was over. Yeah. I was like, "That's the coolest thing I'm going to see today." And then I turned <laughs> around, and it was great.
0: That sounds like the most Rosie Tucker day. <laughs> I of know. All time. I was
1: thinking about that yeah. actually while I was on the walk. Well, yeah, <laughs> just like how I feel like I experience many extraordinary things. Yeah. And it's not, I'm not expecting them, but I'm never surprised by them at this point. It was a yeah. beautiful poem. It was this beautiful Absolutely. poem written on the No, and this, like, I don't
0: mean to actually make fun of you for it. But oh, if I, I were to, like, it. write, if I were to sit here and write the screenplay of, like, <laughs> what Rosie Tucker's Day would like, <laughs> <laughs> she finds a magical bird's nest and there's a poem on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: I don't know. I'm about it.
0: I'm, I'm about, about it too. the whimsy. Yeah. I don't, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck.
1: Whimsy's <laughs> great, man.
0: Yeah, you want another beer?
1: Mm. If I have another beer, I'm gonna have to pee.
0: Okay. Actually, I have to pee regardless. So. Okay, I'm gonna pee as well after you. Yeah, that's the great. That's the great thing about it. This is, uh, you know, no expectations.
1: Did I just? Am I on record as asking if you're gonna edit this? That's great.
0: Yeah, totally. It's, well, this is something I've talked about before a little bit. I don't really edit them. I mean, I like cut. I'll, I'll probably edit out that that podcast that pee break. Yeah, the whole pee took. break. But like um,
1: <laughs> that we just took.
0: One time, I I had to edit out a big portion of the conversation because I started talking about someone that I shouldn't have been talking about. Oh, <laughs> um, it was just like, it was like a very recent event that had transpired. Yeah and it's just like because this is mostly like my friends that are listening yeah it would have basically just been like me gossiping
1: macken's gossip hour
0: macken's gossip hour it's
1: a social it's a social podcast (laughs) no it was just like
0: it was just like a lot of really raw things Mm -hmm. and it was an event that was like kind of currently going down and Mm -hmm. it was an important conversation that i needed to have Mm -hmm. but i didn't feel like it was appropriate podcast how do you material. do that kind
1: of cut do you have like a cute little like bing 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 bing, bing i interview? have a little
0: harp glissando that i do
1: i was thinking that you might want to record some fake commercials
0: oh yeah like this is brought to you by my anxiety that's <laughs> what
1: i'm thinking well and if you i mean you could just make it from you know personifications of emotions or <laughs> you could invent some fake brands and then people will totally think that your podcast is like legitimized
0: yeah, I mean, if you want, a, if you want a freestyle one right now, I won't stop um, you.
1: This is Happy Sad Talk Hour, brought to you by Jack White. Jack White, not a megalomaniac. Sometimes, Jack White. That was it. Boom. That was whole Thank thing. you.
0: Yeah, I loved it. That was the best I could do. It's called a Happy Sad Talk Thing, but it's okay. Like, did I, what did I call it? it? I call it Happy Poop. No one cares about it. Hour. What did I call it? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I think you call it Happy Side Talk Hour. It's. I feel oh, weird, yeah, I feel I weird defending it thing. now. No, no. Feel I feel weird was calling you out. You were doing a thing that I, I put you on the spot and then I called you out. I'm so sorry. No,
1: I meant to call it the right name. I was also <laughs> thinking like Radio Hour. Um, yeah.
0: No, but I don't like that. That was one time where I had to like ha- find like an edit point. Mm-hmm. There are occasionally like. But I don't really edit them for the most part. Um, occasionally there'll be like a weird. Occasionally, I'll say something horribly racist, and I'll have to. No, oh I'm just Jesus!
1: Oh no! Oh, no. mind if uh, I? <laughs> oh. This
0: podcast is over. Um, this podcast is brought to you by Wrong Time to Make That Joke. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah. Uh, I mean that because that's kind of like those are the podcasts that I like are kind of just like the raw, gloriously unedited. Yeah. Like candid if you will
2: candid candido
0: but then i get in my head about it because like the other night we put down the microphones we tried to record a podcast yeah, and then the conversation got so much more real you know so i've been thinking a lot about it because a lot of the podcasts i like to listen to like that duncan trussell guy Mm -hmm. it seems like there's no like it's just it's full transparency you know yeah and there's part of me that really strives and even in my art for like transparency you know it's
1: pretty intimidating though to be like transparent with your heart when you're recording something and it's gonna be uh, unedited
0: yeah well and it's well it's weird because it's like first of all it's weird because my uh you know goals <laughs> for transparency, mm-hmm. are going to be way different than whoever like my guest is on my podcast calls. Cool, so I can't. That's true. I can't. <laughs> I can't impose. You know, if I start talking about like my <laughs> like ex girlfriends oh, and like oh, no. that's, like I can't force that on anybody. Yeah. But also, like, <laughs> there are certain things where I can't tell if it's inappropriate or I'm just being like, or I'm just scared. You know. Yeah. That's what I. That's what's been interesting to me recently, because it's like there are well, certain people things. people also
1: want to like witness inappropriate things. Like I feel like that's yeah. what a lot of entertainment <laughs> is.
0: Well, I was just I was listening to a podcast on the way over here of this girl. She was talking to her ex boyfriend. They hadn't talked in four years, and the first conversation that they had was this podcast. And nice. it was like amazing. Like I loved. Like I love that intimacy. Yeah, I love that revelatory nature of things. Or yeah. like. And and the art I love tends to be like incredibly personal, you yeah. know, but there a is a trust. level, it takes a lot of trust, but there's also a level of artfulness about it, you know, and mm. it's not just reading from your diary, you know, mm-hmm. and like, as there are certain times where I'm doing this podcast and it feels kind of like a diary, mm-hmm. but then I do an actual diary <laughs> yeah. and it's so different. I think, you know? I think
1: that it's also, I mean, how long have you been doing this?
0: This is the 16th episode Okay So I, I've been doing it uh, It's like three months
1: Yeah That's a lot of episodes Um Yeah
0: man I've been trying to do like one a week There's been a couple of weeks wow. Where I didn't do one But
1: But I feel like that's not that long To have been doing something Yeah and like,
0: Definitely you not you gotta
1: try some shit
0: Yeah But it's just I don't know I-
1: Or you just gotta interview your friends Because it's a fun <laughs> thing And then put it on the internet
0: yeah, I mean, that's all I'm trying to do I'm yeah. honestly just trying to make some friends
1: <laughs> well,
0: Have some interesting Mackin conversations has a sign in
1: his room that says, I have no friends That's
0: very true
1: <laughs> And it's not true at all well, This is not a it's metaphor, it's true that it's a sign It's
0: not an exaggeration, there's a sign next to me that says, I have no friends He's gonna go put it next
1: to people he doesn't like
0: That's true <laughs> I was playing Capture the Flag with a kid this week at camp And yeah. uh, I tagged him or no, I was playing I was playing Freeze Tag uh-huh. and I tagged him and he's like, I have more friends than you. Did he say that? He's like six. It was adorable. Oh my god. It was just such a, it was like a he had it ready to go. And I was like, <laughs> if you were older, I would start crying.
2: <laughs> oh my
1: god. Yeah. Wow, does he know about your tour that's
0: kind of... <laughs> I was gonna say, like, can I can I sell you a pre sale ticket, bro? <laughs> that's kind of my whole thing.
2: <laughs> and my brand is that's not my, having yeah. friends. <laughs> Dude, that's the
1: absurdest thing about trying to have a brand as a singer-songwriter. Whoa. It's yeah, never mind. We don't need to talk about brand no, I, prompt.
0: I, I, <laughs> prompt, what was your first kiss?
1: Oh, my first kiss was I was seventeen and he was like twenty-three and it was on a balcony no, it was on a roof in Brooklyn and there was a meteor shower and there was a full moon and and it was really romantic and great. He was a fiddle player who went to Yale. Um, I don't know the end. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. Nice guy. Cool. Yeah. Do
0: you do you, do you know him now? No. Yeah.
1: That's why I can talk about it. <laughs> no, I don't. I just met him through a friend that day. Right. Yeah, it was felt very adventurous. I was wearing this dress that I had that like I thought was magic. Um, it was red and it was covered in little white horses, and like I just every time I wore it, incredible things happened, including that particular beautiful night. It was like summertime. You could see the skyscrapers of Manhattan. Like it was this whole incredible.
0: What were you doing in New York?
1: I was visiting Folky friends. Yeah. I go to this wonderful I didn't go for the first time this year, but um I go to this wonderful you would love it. You would love these people, um basically adult summer camp, uh yeah. called Miles. A pillow? Do music. You want a thing? No, I'm good. Alright. thing? there I have some there are three yeah. also for the record, Mac and I are on separate twin beds <laughs> facing one another. Um and I this has a bunch of pillows on it. I'm good. I don't okay. need them. Um but I go to this camp called Miles of Music and there are all of these incredible it's in it's a, okay it's on an island in the middle of a lake in like Winnipesaukee in um New Hampshire and you stay in these like tiny wooden cabins where there's no electricity and you have a gas lamp and you're like right all along the lake. And it's just a ton of folk musicians, people that are like wonderful at their craft, people that can teach you how to play the banjo or how to play the fiddle. Also just incredible songwriters, like people who really have been like, not only do they have a craft of it, but like they have been working on their craft for so much longer than I have. And they all Mm. just are amazing. Um, and a lot of them live in New York. Many of them, I think, have moved to Nashville. But, yeah, hugely formative place for me. Um, this was the first year I didn't go, but I'll be back next year. Sounds and, unreal. Yeah, and now I have all of these, like, wonderful folk friends that live in Brooklyn. That's amazing. Yeah, it's great. You should go.
0: Yeah. That's a
1: good spot. They, in the Deal. nighttime, it's like you play music all day. And then Is it, in it the weird if I go now? No, it's not. <laughs> I want all my friends to go. Um, in the nighttime, there's, like... Like traditional dancing, basically. I'm gonna cross like, the
0: no out on the sign and write one, and then cross yes the out. <laughs> and just, I should have a tally, like. All yeah, the friends you I should. Make. You
1: should have. You should have on the other side. You can just <laughs> say I have friends and have a tally of people who sign up.
0: Yeah. Well, sorry to interrupt your story. Anyway, you were.
1: It wasn't really a story. Oh yeah, beautiful dancing in the nighttime yes. on like this dock where you're like partner dancing, and there's always like jumping in the lake. Um. Yeah, I don't know, canoeing and songwriting and, like, people making out. I don't know. It's a great time. Wow. It's a good time.
0: Sounds like... A, a, not a real place
1: it it doesn't feel like a real place when you're there and it's like a lot of people that know like people who have their art is learning like old folk songs and ballads and things and they just are like are keepers of these songs And not only do they know mm. them but they can play them and tell you where they're from and who sings them and like all about that stuff um
0: that's incredible. Last
1: summer, I learned how to claw hammer banjo. That was amazing. Ooh. And next summer, I'm going to take my banjo again and get better at it. It's, it's an amazing place. Yeah.
0: That sounds fantastic.
1: So, yeah. And then for a long time, I wanted to live in Brooklyn. And now I'm kind of like, mm, it's really expensive and far away from everyone I know. Um, yeah. But it is still the most romantic city in my mind. So beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Heck
0: yeah. Do you want to leave California?
1: I really wanted to for a really, really, really long time. Um, Just because I grew up here and I feel like you're supposed to leave where you're from. Yeah. But I lately I have been, I feel like, stepping into a lot more my thinkings and feelings about the culture of California and like the iconicness of California, but not in a way that I always thought about it as a kid, which like related a lot more to like, like Hollywood or like, I don't know. Like today I was thinking a lot about like these, these empty hills and these oak trees, these like ancient oak trees. And like, I'm like a ninth generation Californian or something crazy like that. Whoa. Yeah. We've been here a minute. Um, And like we fought in the we (laughs) at least one of my ancestors. It is rumored. The family lore has it that uh, I think it's Patrick Roach, Irishman, Irishman who left Ireland because he witnessed something he wasn't supposed to. And they made him swear on a Bible he would never tell and said, you can stay in Ireland and risk your life or you can leave for America. And so he went to Georgia where he was a slave overseer. And then he went to, um, California and, and started a
0: synth pop band
1: and started a synth pop <laughs> band and was in the bear flag rebellion, which is when California Whoa. tried to be a country. Oh shit. Yeah. So
0: that's insane. Yeah. We've been around.
1: Um, I have like this that's some relative real history. Andrew DeVilbis. We've done a good job in my line of being on the wrong side of history. Andrew DeVilbis was living in California and went back to fight, um, with the confederacy and died (laughs) Um, but uh he like we have this ancient like family bible of his and he's written mi nombre es andrew like across the top of it because he was in california which was like basically mexico um that's actually might have literally been i guess probably by the time he got there it wasn't mexico but yeah he went over for the gold rush and then after he died his family came out on a wagon train
0: that's amazing, yeah, I love that,
1: yeah, we've been around, so like now I like have been thinking a lot more about that history and and about the West as a as kind of a region and a cultural region, and um just about California as a whole, and like the imagery of it of you know cactuses and things that are dead, and like the appearance of things being dead, but water being underground and yeah. um I've been thinking a lot about uh, the the porousness of borders and the shifting of borders and how interesting it is. And, you know, we have some family friends, too, who um, have been in California a long time who, or have had family here for a long time who are from Mexico. And it's like there's always been this kind of crossing back and forth and this shifting, especially in this area. These borders are... Um, I think in this time where there's this, like, inner, like someone is literally talking about building a wall. It's like building a wall in a place where people have been walking back and forth for years and years and years, where people have relatives on both sides and go to work on one side and drive home to the other of this. It, it's the or, The border feels very arbitrary if you take a historical vision of it especially yeah. in my lived experience of being a Californian I guess is what I'm trying to say
0: definitely and California was like part of Mexico for like a very long time <laughs> a
1: long long time and it's um impossible to pretend like it's not related culturally or in terms of the people who are here you know it's like I've driven in parts of downtown where um they accept pesos you know yeah it's you can't To to be xenophobic and living in Los Angeles would require a lot of um, blinders, you know, because there's (laughs) a reality here of um, of immigration and emigration. Well,
0: isn't that like wasn't that the whole idea of America in the first place? Yeah, dude. (laughs) Yeah,
1: seriously. Yes. So I think about Jack White,
0: you know. Um, What's that one It's and Oh thump.
1: Uh, You can't be a pimp And a prostitute too You can't be too. a pimp
0: And a prostitute too
1: Yeah dude
0: or is it, it? What America What is it? Oh fuck Why America uh, Well Americans got Nothing out? better to do Yeah
1: Why don't you kick yourself out You're an immigrant too Yeah Fuck yeah, yeah.
0: Snaps At Jack yeah. White Thank you Jack White Can I ask you Can I see Some more questions Yeah Prompt Prompt Um do, do, do you feel like people are expecting something from you
1: in what sense
0: in uh in this or in the sense of this conversation right now
1: so you're asking me if i feel like you are expecting something of me
0: no well yeah sure that too. are we talking
1: about listeners
0: yeah because oh, i feel like geez. you know
1: <laughs> Ooh, um, no
0: Okay. Good. No. Glad. I'm good. I'm glad. I hope
1: not. <laughs> Sorry. I'm probably. D- if someone does have expectations, they're probably disappointed. Yeah. By no. Now.
0: Definitely. I, I. I was just curious. Also,
1: thanks for making it this far into the podcast. You're a real trooper. Yeah. Good for you. Whoever you are.
0: You know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know who listens to this. Yeah, podcast. Yeah. I don't know. I
1: don't. I don't <laughs> try, and I don't want. Um. I would like to. And I think it t- would take a lot of sensitivity to achieve this. I would like to live in such a way where I don't necessarily have to be preoccupied with the expectations of other people. Yeah. Um. Mm. But not like you say that and then it's like, but also I don't want to be so wrapped up in doing my own thing that I don't have an awareness of like impacting the people around me.
0: Yeah. So basically wow.
1: balancing those two things is the goal. And you can't know, especially if you're putting something out into the abyss, art or a podcast or a conversation or a a song, you can't you can't possibly gauge what the Internet is expecting. There are too many expectations. And so if you feel like you're trying to meet an expectation, it probably is an expectation that is coming either from someone very, very close to you or internally. Um, in which case sounds like a personal problem that you have to assess, basically,
0: I was putting on my sweatshirt, but I agree with you,
1: <laughs> yeah, do you feel like there are expectations of you in this conversation?
0: No um <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't know this whole podcast feels pretty narcissistic in a lot of ways. And I feel like,
2: Hmm. Yeah. But
1: that's like (laughs) art making too. Like how do you, yeah, you're choosing to create stuff for other people to pay attention to.
0: Like, yeah, but this is just more obviously just like, I'm going to talk about things Mm -hmm. and you should care about it. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Uh, No, I don't feel like, um, there are too many expectations. I was. Just, I mean, there's definitely like plenty of times where I'm thinking, like, "Oh God, this sucks," yeah. <laughs> like, on on my end, um, yeah.
2: This but moment. I usually, <laughs> no, not not this
0: moment. <laughs> but no, th- I'm having a great time. But there are many times where I'm like, "God, this is so bad," and yeah. that I'll just be tearing myself apart about it, you yeah. know, and anal- and like feeling the awkward silences mm. as just miles wider than they are, you mm-hmm. know, and and just being like, "God, I just interrupted." this poor person the whole oh. time and i just like like i already know all my thoughts like why was i pushing them so hard yeah <laughs> well you know and then i'll and then i'll put it down for like a day or two and then i'll come back to it like just to like touch it to do the intro and mm-hmm. just do like a couple throw a compressor on there and a couple little Ooh. little things um and i'll be like that's fine like why the hell was i so like, really tormenting myself over, yeah. like, God, I fucked that up. <laughs> you know, unless i like, that was great. I think I just made a friend.
1: <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> you know? Well, that's a whole thing to work on is the ability to not, like, that's, I kind of feel like I have to, <coughs> oh! um, whoa, <laughs> like, I kind of sometimes will feel like I need blinders for social situations yeah. in terms of blinders to my own anxiety. Was that a
0: sneeze that just happened? I'm
1: not sure. I think it was a cough,
0: I hope you're okay, <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm fine. I'm always fine um but yeah, it's easy to to especially if you feel like you're the one hosting it. It's like you're a host, you're a conversational host, right, and like it can be easy in that situation, I think, to magnify um your own I don't know like. I basically am probably over here thinking about whatever I'm thinking about and being like, I hope people don't think I'm a jerk or (laughs) dumbass or whatever. Um, And also like flattered to be asked to share thoughts on things. Oh, like generally, that's probably what most people are thinking. Like, especially among our friends who are like nice people, yeah, and also no one who's like so famous that they're gonna be like oh, <laughs> another podcast. <laughs>
0: you know? Oh, there's some people that I've tried to get on here that are just busy. They're just very busy.
1: Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah, but. And if they come on here, they're gonna probably be doing it because they want to. Like,
0: yeah, no, know? and I'm super honored that people are like willing to come here. That like, you know, like we don't really know, we didn't really know each other, you know. We like, did not. Getting to know you now is like the second time we were to hung out. Be
1: on this podcast, I was like, everyone who's cool that I know has been on it.
0: I didn't know you were aware of it. I didn't know you were aware of me as a person. That's so weird. Very thrilled when we played that show together. Yeah, that was I don't a, know. That was exciting for me.
1: It's really yeah, I've yeah. That's so funny. That's so strange. I don't know. I should have said hi earlier.
0: It's all good. I I saw that um we oh, weren't different. We're a couple of grades apart. That's true. You know. That's true. But I I you know, I I I uh I've admired you from a distance for for quite a while. That's weird. Um it is weird. It's weird <laughs> of me to say that and now there's a weird pressure. But <laughs> I don't feel weird. Well, it's that uh, <laughs> it's different. And we, just before we started recording, we were talking about meeting celebrities, and like, you're not a celebrity, but I mean, like, you're someone who's like work I admire, you know. Thanks. And when I met Seth Avett from the Avett Brothers, I was just like, "Oh, it's so cool!" <laughs> and he kind of freaked out. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, "Uh," he was like trying to be polite, and but it's weird. It was weird. I made him uncomfortable, and I probably yeah. made you a little uncomfortable just no. now. Maybe didn't. no, you didn't. Good. I'm glad I did. Not uncomfortable. Good. I'm so glad. Yeah. <laughs> No, but um, I don't know. It's just weird being, like, a fan of someone Mm -hmm. and, like, wanting to be their friend and then, like, meeting them. Yeah, I tend (laughs) to,
1: like, abandon the friend thing. I, like, like, (sighs) okay, I'm going to talk about it. That Miles of Music camp that I told you about, which has been so huge in my life, and I love it, and introduced me to so many people. I knew about it because of this songwriter named Anais Mitchell who posted about it, and um, I was obsessed with her. Mm. for several years and i still think that she is a m- master of songwriting now she's like working on a musical um or i guess her musical just debuted she has this whole oh. album called Hades Town. it's the story of orpheus and persephone um as a folk opera and like wow. justin vernon is on it Annie franco well. is on it like she just, she's one of those people, like, she kind of flies under the radar, but she gets, like, killer players on everything, and her songs will just rip you apart. Um And so, like...
0: I've never even heard of a folk opera. That's insane. It's
1: amazing, dude. It's so good. And uh I, like, have met her a couple times after shows. Um... And like now I know all of these people that know her, but I don't know her personally. And I kind of feel like it's like now I have this feeling like, you know, most of the people that are really, really, really good at writing songs are um, pretty introverted. Yeah. And not necessarily going to be receptive to like random strangers who are trying to infiltrate their lives. Yeah. And so I just sort of decided that being her friend was no longer a priority of mine because her music had already given me enough. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it's a weird... That's really the only one who I've ever tried to be the friend of. And I got something better, which is like all of the other friends... and Or not better, because I don't know. But like what I got instead has been beautiful and amazing and important um yeah but yeah that definitely came out of like a creepy like wow like i want to be you i want to write your songs you write songs that i wish i had written
0: yeah well like when i saw so carrie brownstein you know she writes the book she comes to the usc She does this the talking yeah it's like amazing you know cool and then i'm I'm waiting outside i'm trying to meet her you know um and like uh she has to do this like whole meet and greet thing. Yes. And like, so I see her come out and she looks like she's tired of people, you know? And not like I'm too cool for school. Get me away from these plebeians. But like, she looks like she like wants to be alone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm project. I I just didn't feel like I had this whole thing. I was going to lay on her and I was like, that's, I felt, it felt rude. It felt uncool of me to like put all that extra pressure on her of like, to feel like she has to accommodate my thing, you know, yeah. like part of me is, I don't know, I just...
1: She is a really, when you get around to reading the book, um, she talks a lot about what it is to be a fan, and she talks about writing letters to soap opera actors and actresses really? who she loved, yeah, and uh, she talks about, like, you know, and, like, not only was I trying to write them fan notes, but I would just, like, start writing about my life and my mother and, like, my home oh. issues and, like, just these, like, saccharine over, and I remember, I mean, i have written those before yeah. where it's like emails i've written emails to authors like in my middle oh, school too. times or it was I like write
0: emails to, i wrote emails i wrote an email to mark <laughs> marron a week ago
1: but where you don't <laughs> stop back at from like him. hey you're i love your work <laughs> and you just start like i've been with this person and it has been and my friends were doing this and like there's so she like she seems like a person who has thought a lot about what it is to be a fan and like that right. give and take. Um, I have not thought a lot about that. Um, but yeah, read the book.
0: I'm excited, to. It takes me a really long time to read things that um, that's fine. I, I'm a slow reader. You know, mm-hmm. I was talking to my dad about it today. He was like, that's good. It means you're taking your time. You're trying to get the whole <laughs> you're trying to get all the ideas. It's good. It's good. It used to be, it's good to hear that way. <laughs> um, and I, so, I don't know. Well, I, I mean, if I you're
1: paying <laughs> attention, then, like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, I've, I didn't really read, read
0: for pleasure a lot as a kid. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I, like, read, f- you know, I read. So, when I was reading, I was, like, trying to, like, studying, you know? Yeah. Yes. And so that's, like, where my reading skills were yeah. honed, you know? So now I'm just, like, casually reading a book because it's a great way to. Hang out by yourself.
1: It really is. Yeah, it's so nice.
0: It's a, I'm I'm a new I'm a new reader, and all the coolest people I meet, I read all the time, and I'm really jealous of like, every relationship I've ever been in.
1: You're jealous Sh- of the
0: books. I'm just jealous. I'm jealous of the books.
1: <laughs> <laughs> book envy is real.
0: Book envy, man. And, and I, you just... look
1: at the shelf, and you're like, all oh, those ideas, right? Are they all in your head. Yeah.
0: yeah, but I mean, and there's just like I don't know, I, a book just. Reading just fills you up, you know, like watching TV kind of leaves you empty <laughs> sometimes. I you think know? that
1: might. I don't know. I don't watch enough TV to talk about TV, really.
0: Yeah. I, I watch just, an embarrassingly
1: uh, small amount of I consume an embarrassingly think, small amount of like film media.
0: Yeah, I feel you. Me, too. I don't know a lot about movies, yeah. um, but I don't feel like it's I feel like it's cool to not watch TV. I feel like that makes you punk rock.
1: Yeah, Throw Away Your Television. That's a Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> song. Is it? Yeah, it is. Throw yeah. away your television.
0: Have you heard this on Kicking Television by Wilco?
1: No. <gasps> it's really good. I gotta listen to it.
0: Yeah. Do you listen to Wilco at all? Uh,
1: I listened to the the Yankee Hotel Foxtrot album, like, obsessively yeah. Yeah. at 17. Like, until I just couldn't anymore. Yeah? Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah, really good stuff.
0: A ghost is born is another is another good one. Yeah. If you're looking for another one.
1: I should, yeah. I don't I'm know down. what you're looking I for. I love like sad, sleepy, like indie rock.
0: Yeah. That's what it is.
1: With good <laughs> great lyrics, good songwriting, heartbreaking.
0: Mm hmm. It's great stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about it. I was a I was hanging out with some people earlier today and um I don't know. Maybe. And we kind of talked about this last time we we t- Are you doing all right on time?
1: Yeah. No, I was just looking.
0: No worries, dude. Feel free to bounce anytime.
1: I don't need to bounce.
0: All right. Cool. OK. Get out of here, Rosie. I don't have Get anywhere my room. to be
1: until my <laughs> girlfriend says, hey, hello. And she has not done that yet. So,
0: yeah. I was hanging out with some people. Uh-huh. I'm just going to not look at you while we talk anymore.
1: Why? I don't know. Fine. I feel like I'm
0: imposing. Why? I don't know. i am just this is like my whole personality that yeah, we're getting that's into. True.
1: Um okay, well I'm a creature of free will. True. I'm gonna leave whenever the fuck I want to. Yeah. And I would like to stay Thanks, in this Rosie. moment. Um but if you want I can put your I have no friends <laughs> sign in front of you and you don't have to I just kinda prop it up against your body and then you don't have to look at me, but I'd yeah, I'm good, Mackin.
0: No worries. Mm-hmm. Um I forget my point. It was dumb. You
1: were hanging out today prompt we were talking about wilco yeah and before that we were talking about reading
0: i don't know people just people just categorize me as a sad songwriter and then i i think that i'm a sad person you're I'm not
1: like, a, some <laughs> of your songs are very optimistic
0: thank you like I, I mean not thank you but just like thank you in the sense <laughs> that i'm just hanging out with people today and they're like You should write a hit You should write some party music You gotta have fun Like why are you writing All these sad songs man I'm just like They're not I don't aim to write sad songs I'm not trying to bum you out (laughs) Like someone's like Yeah I I put on a song of yours The other day And I was gonna get up And then I decided To go back to bed (laughs) (laughs) And I was like Oh (laughs) Okay (laughs) You know And like my goal Is to bum people out Yeah (laughs) You know And it's like That's not The intention with any of it
2: Yeah And I don't
0: put on Like either or by elliott smith to like feel sad (laughs) you know
1: sometimes you have a tolerance for it like i can totally like have a beautiful day in the sunshine listening to elliott smith
0: right but it's not like oh i'm gonna get my sulk on like yeah some it can be that and that's indulgent and bad but like it can also (laughs) i don't know i just i want to stick up for the sad music out there yeah (laughs) you know
1: you know i think that um I found a poem that I wrote in fourth grade about wanting to turn into dust and just kind of be taken away by the wind. Yeah. Um, And I had a very fine, happy (laughs) child.
2: Like, great
1: parents, steady home life. Um, Like, fine. Just fine. Like and i think there's a lot of poems about that there's actually multiple poems where i talk about wanting to become dust um and feeling betrayed and like wanting to be nothing and like all like just very dramatic yeah Um, like i
0: feel like if you constructed my personality based on my like lyrics like you would construct a very different person than i who i am
1: but luckily that's not the case and that's why i think comedians are really sad I mean, I think that your whole output in well, I don't know this is like all totally unfounded. Do you feel like
0: comedians are sadder than songwriters
1: um not necessarily. I'm sure that there are some emotionally well adjusted comedians somewhere in the world, um <laughs> maybe, but maybe they're sadder than songwriters you, uh, let me
0: ask you in a different way, like do you feel like from medium to medium, there's like a different level of Do you feel like all creators share A certain level of like Mm. Melancholiness
1: I think that all humans do I think that all humans have to confront The fact that people they love die And that they die And that sometimes we feel worthless Or purposeless Or like what we're doing doesn't matter Um, I Know many Well adjusted songwriters that write Extraordinarily sad songs And I know that I lead a beautiful, blessed, charmed life. And when I go into a room by myself to write songs, that which comes out is about cognitive dissonance and feeling upset and feeling misplaced and all of the the pains of being a person. That's just what comes out. Yeah, And totally. I would never say that I am a person who doesn't experience joy in enormous degrees or doesn't have a really wonderful thing going here um yeah. you know is not privileged like I wouldn't say that but um sorrow is just what comes out when I sit down to make art right and I don't know why that is and it's kind of freaky sometimes and sometimes I'm really at peace with it and I don't think that my art is better when I'm sadder in fact yeah. usually if I'm depressed it means that I'm not making art like yeah like usually, it's like when I'm making art, it's like I'm really happy and I'm writing really sad songs. Sad yeah. songs. Quotation marks. Yeah. Um,
0: There's that illusion of just like the depressed but like extremely productive artist. Yeah. Have, like, who is I've that? I've yet to come to know. I
2: don't think that they <laughs> exist. The
0: person. Like when I'm depressed, I don't want to do anything. No. <laughs> Last no! thing I want to do is write a song.
1: And like it takes effort, and that's why I'm mad about Slacker Rock and Courtney Barnett. Is it's yeah. like she's not slacking off; There's she's like a lot like, of
0: intention there. Yes, yeah, and
1: time and skill. Yeah, that it takes hours to cultivate. Um, yeah, I think I so. That's how I feel about songwriting. I know, like, sev- I've met several very, very, very funny people. Like people where their thing is kind of comedy and when I'm with them, um, I should say I've been romantically involved with some people who are funny, who other people think are really funny and they're constantly trying to tell jokes and I can't handle that. I can't handle being told jokes because I feel like there's an expectation I will laugh. Um, yeah. And from both of the people i'm thinking of there were these very like there would always be these comments hidden in the jokes sometimes about like i hate myself or like i don't want to be alive anymore or like did it like i'm a depressed person and i've seen this in like that's a kind of a hallmark of stand-up comedy that i've seen as well as like people saying like like telling their witty jokes and then being like i'm a shell of a person and it's like it's like oh my god you're like that's not it's like you might be joking in terms of the activity of joking but it doesn't mean that all of this is false the stuff you're presenting and um so i don't know i don't know i have mixed i don't know i don't know if comedians are more sad I don't know. I think comedy is important. I think it's a really important yeah. art form. Um, I just do feel like I've seen a lot of very sad comedians. Yeah,
0: right. It. Hmm. Yeah, it's, inter- it's just because I don't know. Yeah, comedians definitely. That is a hallmark, at least of all my favorite comedians. <laughs> you when know? I
1: saw Dem- Dimitri Martin came to USC oh, he and did? I was so excited. Yeah, he did. In like I guess I was a freshman. Um He's the one. He's wonderful, but I saw him and he seemed so sad. And like at some point, like someone in the crowd had to be like, "You're doing great, man! Like, yeah, don't worry about it." But his
0: art isn't like very self-deprecating or like no, sad. it's not.
1: But he seemed yeah. really very sad and self-conscious. Really? Yes.
0: Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, It's interesting that you brought him up though, because he's. Uh, he, there was this one moment. I don't know if you saw his most recent special. It's I don't called. Think I have. It's really good. It's on Netflix. It's called Live at the Time. Hmm. Um, and there's this one part in the in the comedy set where I forget what the joke is, but it kind of gets it kind of takes like a really dark turn, mm-hmm. and he kind of just like apologizes for it, like he's like, "Whoa, that got too real for a sex star, I guess," and then like moves on. But it wasn't like written in; it wasn't like, ah, <laughs> "I hate myself." Like yeah, it wasn't a yeah. bad type of joke. Um, and he's like, "Oh, back to the material." <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. And it was interesting because he's he's probably the one of my favorite comedians who isn't like the classic like. I'm going to blow my brains out. (laughs) Yeah. No,
1: he's very optimistic. His humor is very optimistic. But that's
0: interesting to hear that his demeanor wasn't so.
1: I think, I mean, I think that part of it too is, um, you have to sometimes retreat from what you perform for other people. And so maybe if you're constantly trying to bring like laughter to other people, Maybe it's harder to access in your private time. I don't know.
0: Yeah, or just that the uh, the like the comedic like instinct usually comes from like a very dark place and trying to find like some levity in it yes. as a coping mechanism. Yeah, you know?
1: that makes sense. But
0: I'm wondering what that analog is for songwriting. You know what I'm saying? Like that maybe the instinct to like take darkness and turn it into like melody or something i don't know for me
1: um there's sometimes it's almost like a physical feeling where i'll go from being emotive to being analytical about what i can do with syllables and melody yeah and so it's there's like this like translation that happens where it might be coming from a place or rooted in a place that is trying to deal with things that are heavy, but like writing a song for me is much less about like, what am I emoting? And a lot more about like, how can I build this? Like, how can I make this thing happen? How am I going to shape it? What's it going to sound like? And, um, yeah, that's very preoccupying. So I think that part of it for me is being like, it's, it's a way of not dwelling in something. Right. And it's like, it's like you come, it's coming to a craft. Come into a craft And that's preoccupying And it just so happens That the result Is something that has Um Emotional Shit Attached to it But I don't know It's like I could've Like built a desk Instead or something Like it would've been The same thing To me As yeah. writing a song Um Or like I don't know Yeah It's just making a thing Making a thing And that's what makes me Feel better about being a person
0: Yeah yeah fuck yeah yeah <laughs> thanks for doing my podcast dude
1: hell yeah we did a whole podcast we did, did we a do a whole podcast. podcast i feel like definitely we did. Was, yeah
0: there's there's several lots of hours yeah. to go around you thank know? you
1: for having me on your podcast mac it's been a pleasure
0: oh my god yeah wait can i act is it possible to have you play a song is that okay
1: yeah what song do you want me to play
0: oh man uh i mean that's up to you.
1: Uh, okay, I haven't played this song in 30 years. Um, I haven't been alive 30 years, but.
2: <laughs> Landlord wants to paint this house And I will not cry about it I will not cry about That which is not mine Even if I lay here every night how she wants to make it gray and everyone who lives here will grow up and move away we'll move to other colored houses where we'll be kissing other faces take it take it <laughs> i don't know ah! if we fix this place they'll have to tear down the garage standing there 10 minutes well, in a case of whooping cough and it hurts me more to laugh now than it does to shrug it off but i'm still smiling and i look for endings everywhere uncertainty resides and i cannot lock the doors against the ugliness inside and i'm sorry things went badly but i'm done apologizing for trying And if that's the end of us, then I guess I have to take it. Take it. (laughs) Landlord wants to paint this house, and I will not cry about it. I will not cry about it that which is not mine even as I miss it all the time yeah. thanks mackin bye bye <laughs>